0: Hello, this is Sean Kennedy. I'm the Editor-in-Chief Emerita of the American Journal of Nursing, or AJN as it's known. You're listening to a podcast in our conversation series in which we speak with nurses and others on important topics in nursing and healthcare. We also have a Behind the article series, which are interviews with authors of AJN articles, and a series uh, called Reflections, which are readings of our narrative columns written mostly by nurses, but also by others, uh, about their personal experiences in nursing or with healthcare, You can find all of our podcasts on our website, AJNOnline.com, under the multimedia tab, as well as on iTunes, Spotify, and Google. Today, I'm very pleased to be speaking with Beth Waffen, President of the American Association of Critical Care Nurses uh, until the end of June, and with Amanda Bettencourt, who will become President on July 1st. Beth has been a clinical practice specialist in the Pediatric Intensive Care Unit at Children's Hospital Aurora, um, Colorado, since 2005, and Amanda is an assistant professor in the Department of Family and Community Health at University of Pennsylvania School of Nursing, with a background as a pediatric clinical nurse specialist. Both have a long list of accomplishments in clinical practice, education, and research. So Beth and Amanda, thank you so much for taking the time to chat today. Welcome. Welcome.
1: Thanks, Sean. Thank you for having us.
0: Yeah, thanks for having us. So so, um, before we talk about uh, what it's like to lead a national major specialty organization, I'd like if you each would talk a little bit about your clinical roles um, and thinking about how this year has been for you and colleagues and what you've heard about it from AACN members regarding their experiences during the second COVID pandemic year. Uh, Beth,
1: do you want to start? Sure. Um, You know, I I think in many ways, Sean, this past year has been even more challenging for frontline staff. Um, You know, the first year was all about learning how to take care of this huge influx of patients and learning about COVID, PPE, supply chain issues. But this past year has really shifted to really struggling to to continue to show up and work every day with a workforce that is really depleted, both in numbers and I think sort of emotionally as well. And so I think, you know, for, for in my work environment and certainly from what we've been hearing from nurses all across the country, this past year um, has been really challenging, as you know, because of the The turnover and the loss of folks leaving clinical roles, um, really all levels of clinical roles, has really led to untold numbers of challenges and really exacerbated. So really a lot of these longstanding issues around burnout, compassion, fatigue, staffing. Um, I think this past year, all of those have just bubbled up to a level that we've never seen before, and they're and they're all um, such complex challenges to address. And so, um, that's my perspective, and I think what I've been hearing from folks everywhere, it's what I'm seeing in my hospital that, you know, the, while the COVID numbers are down in hospitals, thankfully. Um, The challenges around staffing and experience level of the staff that that you do have is still very real. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: and Amanda, you're uh, you spend a lot of time as faculty or you are faculty. Um, What are you seeing uh, from students and clinical placements and in your uh, clinical uh, areas that you deal with?
2: Yeah, I mean, I certainly echo everything that that Beth said. And I think from my perspective, you know, training the next generation of of nurses during this time has been really challenging. And uh, while we all are trying our best to prepare them for what they're going to go into um, as nurses in the next year or two, I think there's so much uncertainty around what nursing practice is going to look like, what changes are going to happen, what is going on with the virus, Is are we really in a lull, when is the next surge going to happen. There's just uncertainty everywhere and so um, it's been a big challenge to to prepare students for that and then also to make sure they get the experiences they need in the clinical setting so that they're ready to actually transition to practice after they become licensed. Um, I, I, Beth probably would agree but You know, it's been for the nurses that have recently graduated into pandemic time nursing. um, There's a lot of things that they're missing that they haven't seen, that they haven't had the opportunity to do. So it's been real challenging. And I think, you know, we're all doing our best to try to prepare them. But it's hard to prepare them when we're not even sure you know what nursing is going to look like going forward. It's definitely been been challenging for the last couple of years, for sure.
0: Yeah, and, and I guess from my perspective, um, when one thinks about hospital budgets, so many hospitals have been financially strapped because of the uh, incurring more expenses because of the pandemic, um, having to pay very high rates um, to get nurses to work, and as well as increased cost of PPE and, and medications, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and yet, I always worry because usually the first place when hospitals look to cut and save money seems to be in the nursing education staff development department which is going to be more crucial with this these new grads coming in who really need that support
2: yeah not only are there fewer supports for them you know fewer clinical nurse specialists fewer educators fewer people to help make their practice, practice excellence when they enter their orientation periods are shorter they're getting put into leadership roles Maybe before they're ready, so lots of challenges all around with new to practice nurses.
0: Right. Um, the they were. It's just I um, uh, I I haven't read the report yet, but I know there was a big policy, uh, a think tank that AACN was involved in, as well as many other organizations. Uh, Beth, can you
1: say anything about that? Yeah, absolutely. So this was, you know, as I said, staffing's been such a long-standing challenge for nurses. Um, In 2017, we formed a partnership with AONL, ANA, HFMA, which is the Healthcare Finance Management Association, and IHI, the Institute for Healthcare Improvement, um, to really try to tackle this issue from a broad global perspective. And the group reconvened and sort of a prioritizing this work now and just finished a three-month think tank, which had representatives from all over the country in really all roles, so frontline staff, patient safety, finance folks, CNOs, and that group uh, identified six priority focus areas, Um, that must be addressed and just released um, sort of a template of recommendations for health systems um, to be able to take to use that, to begin to implement some really kind of near term strategies to address the nursing Mm -hmm. shortage. And then next step. And then that work is really going to provide a framework and a base to launch the next phase of this, which is a nine month national staffing task force, which is kicking off as well. And so really, I think the the timing is great because as you mentioned, Sean, you know, I think the implications of not having enough staff to care for patients impacts everybody, right? It impacts an ability of a hospital to stay open. And so I think the time is now to really get all the key stakeholders to the table to take this work and to really critically look at how we think about nurse staffing moving forward.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, we'll be writing some uh, report, I think it'll be in the August news, of uh, kind of summar- summarizing the report uh, for our readers and also um, talking a little bit about uh, the Department of Labor had a meeting with nurses unions um, uh, recently as well I think last week so uh, staffing is certainly on everyone's agenda uh, at this point and um, I, I'm glad there everyone is involved in it although I, I think both sides both unions and everybody else needs to talk to each other a little bit more so hopefully that might come about as well um, so your presidential theme Beth this year was rooted in strength and um uh what are your thoughts now? You, you've been president through a very tumultuous year. Um, what do you think in terms of looking back and thinking, you know, did I do what I really thought I was going to be doing? Or, um, you know, was there something that I wish had happened differently? Um, perhaps, you know, what what might it have been if it wasn't a pandemic year?
1: Yeah, boy, <laughs> what a great <laughs> question. Um, It's funny because when I started, you know, last summer, um, I think foolishly we perhaps once again, maybe we're thinking things were settling and Mm -hmm. maybe we had been through the worst of it. And clearly that wasn't the case. And in fact, um, our environmental scanning that we do at our board meetings, our first board meeting of my year in August was really when um, that summer surge was was kind of exploding, and and that sort of launched my year. <laughs> was, was, and and so I don't know that I think I wasn't anticipating us to still be uh, in the thick of COVID, and I don't know that any of us anticipated the exodus of nurses, the staffing challenges, and all the other things that are really weighing down our community this year. Um, and so it's it's been an incredible opportunity for Amanda and I, I think, to be able to do this work in such really challenging, tumultuous times. I think when I reflect back on my theme and I, when I reflect back on the year, I think Honestly, the theme couldn't be more relevant. I think <laughs> the strength in our profession has is profound, and it's been so visible for the world to see. And I think one of the things that I talk about when I talk with our chapters is about the importance of nurturing our roots. And that has never been more important as we think about nurse well-being and how we need to continue to prioritize how we nurture each other and nurture our profession and i think the last thing i'll i'll just say is that um for us as an organization um i I think never before has the importance of using our voice um been more imperative and so while we may have started out as a as a membership organization focused on creating clinical resources and educational resources for nurses. AACN has been shifting over the years and building our advocacy arm. And that has never been needed more so than in the past year. And so I think it's forced us to really stretch ourselves. And you know, as you know, we launched the Hear Us Out campaign this past year. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and that was a public-facing campaign, something we had never done before, but really it was driven by the need to speak out on behalf of nurses and to share their stories and to advocate for them in a whole new way. And so, you know, when I look back on this past year, that's probably the thing that I'm most proud of is that we have stepped up our advocacy for nursing um, and formed partnerships with really powerful partners, the Office of the Surgeon general, um, and and so on. And so lots of stuff that I'm proud of and that I think was desperately needed is really uh, ensuring that nurses are seen and heard and advocating on their behalf, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. and and I mean, AACN, I think, has always been known for that uh, in the critical care sphere and then broadening to include acute care. But I um, and and I think its work on the healthy work environment laid good groundwork. But I guess it's even now it's more important than ever. So I I think the organization has a, a bit of a head start with the healthy work environment work that's already been done.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's never have those standards been more relevant, right? And something that we all need to continue to prioritize.
0: So, Amanda, now you're 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 going to be it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, So you're going to be taking the helm July first. What do you see as your priorities and how the organization is going to either continue to focus on that or expand to some other areas? And I guess, as you said some of it will depend on what happens with the pandemic.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's sort of how I mentioned earlier, the uncertainty of the future is is just this ever-present, you know, force in our lives as, as leaders and nurses. And I think, you know, my priority is thinking about our next year going forward, I'm a a relentlessly future-oriented, change-positive person. And so, you know, I think about, similar to what Beth said, I'm really, you know, interested in making sure that we continue to be the ones who are driving the changes in healthcare for the better, for our patients and for our practice, you know, making sure nurses are at those tables, making sure AACN has a voice and can elevate the voices of nurses so that we shape the future and it doesn't shape us. And I think that Mm -hmm. that's, you know, probably priority number one. I also think about how much um, we've all been isolated a little more than usual over the last year or two and so i think aacn is such a wonderful place for people to connect find community you know nti is always such an inspirational time in my career you know to get to go there and get my bucket filled so I think that we really need to be intentional as a acute and critical care nursing community and just as a nursing community in creating spaces where people can connect with each other to get reengaged with what we love about nursing, to, you know, feel that community and feel inspired for our future instead of mm-hmm. some of the kind of inertia we've maybe been experiencing over yeah. the past couple of years.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and then, you know, just sort of along the path of with all this change and uncertainty, there's great opportunity for, for the things that we wanna accomplish in healthcare. And whether that's finally getting the healthy work environment standards to be the standard in every place that a nurse works, or you know just having our own voice in staffing and us, us designing models that work for patients and for nurses. There's just so much opportunity in this really tumultuous time Mm-hmm. For radical mm-hmm. change. So I think you know, making sure that we are 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 leading in that space, making sure that we're driving it, and we take advantage of this time in history where nurses' voices are being heard, to what you know, to Beth's point, and people are listening. So we're ready. We have the answers, and so we're <laughs> we're interested in in making sure that some of these things we can capitalize on and create a better future than the one we've been living in for the past couple of years.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think I think you're right. Everything I've been reading, um, you know, people are so aware of the staffing issues at this point. Um, you know, all the major newspapers and CNN, The New York Times, L.A. Times, I mean, everywhere across the country, uh, you see um newspapers local as well as uh you know large urban newspapers talking about the problem with nurse staffing and the rural areas are even worse because there's very few hospitals that can uh, that are available at this point so many have closed so uh, there's a real dire need there and um, i just read today that that's you know that's rolling over into not having enough nurses in home care or in nursing homes so um i think I, I hope we're not naive in thinking, well, now people will really understand and and legislators will do something, although uh,
1: uh,
0: you know sometimes the way the Congress works, you think, how can they not be addressing this? So well, you know uh,
2: what's interesting about this time, too, is that employers, healthcare care systems, and hospitals, are having to think harder about retaining nurses than they've had to in a long time. And so mm-hmm. I think it's it's we have an opportunity to attack this problem from lots of angles. Sure, there's government, but there's also hospitals who really want nurses to take care of the patients that are coming in their front door. And, and they're listening more than they mm-hmm. have before into how, you know, HWE standards or, you know, Equitable pay or you know meaningful recognition—all these things mm-hmm. can help them. And so that's mm-hmm. kind of the the exciting new piece I think is that everybody from d- multiple angles are interested in, in tackling this problem for the first time in a long time. Yeah, I agree, Amanda it
0: feels like
1: the time is now. Yeah,
0: yeah. And and if history holds true, um, in terms of repetitive patterns. Um, after the 1918 flu epidemic and the polio epidemic, after each major um, kind of public health crisis, there always seemed to be major um, investments in healthcare. So hopefully that'll happen this time as well. Um, so, uh, Amanda, I heard lots of things in there about opportunity and growth. Uh, is that kind of hinting around with uh, what your theme is going to be?
2: A little bit, yes. Um, because, you know, I think right now we're at this time where growing and taking advantage of the opportunity in front of us is our only choice, right? Um, otherwise, it's despair. So I do think that it's kind of a moment for both of those two emotions, for sure.
1: Right.
0: So, <laughs> what is the theme? <laughs> what is your presidential theme? Okay. And my so, lips are sealed until the time is right, you know that.
2: Sure, yes, this is very top secret information. Um, so uh, our theme for this next year is starting now. And, you know, when we thought about and I thought about, you know, what is the the feeling that we want to accomplish? What do we want people to be inspired by over this next upcoming year of, of who knows what is going to come our way? You know, I think starting now is about starting with hope for the future um, and really thinking about the sense of urgency that's happening right now around staffing, around healthy work environments, around what nursing practice is gonna look like for the next many years after this. So there's urgency and we need to do something, right? Because otherwise, if we just kind of stay paralyzed in what we're dealing with now, we're losing that opportunity for growth. We're losing that opportunity for a better future. So, you know, the message of starting now is all it takes is choosing to take a step towards something that matters. And it can be a small step, a big step, but choosing to say, I'm gonna start now and this is what I'm going to do to create a future better than the one I'm living in right now. And so I think it's really powerful because as Beth said and as we've talked about, each nurse, each person, has incredible power with their voice, with their actions, with their choices to change the future. Um, And so we can create this better future for nursing. We can create this healthcare system where patients get the care they deserve and we make our optimal contribution. We can do that by just starting now to take some steps in a direction to change for the better future. So it's starting now. And uh, I think it's I'm hoping it's going to be really inspirational for people. And and it can be personal, you know, for Mm -hmm. each person, what they're going to start now to do is different. And that's what I love about it. Um, And then collectively, us starting now to to create a better future for our patients and for ourselves, is, I think, a really powerful motivation.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um it's, it's simple, but it's, it's really, as you said, it's really hopeful in the sense, okay, you know, we've, we've been dealt this pandemic, and we may still be in the midst of it, but what are we going to do now? How are we going to move forward with something? Um, And I think your point about everyone can look and say, well, what can I do to participate in making things better for whether it's just for one patient or a unit or, or their uh, agency? Yeah,
2: and I love that it's, now is what we're focused on because if you think about it, the now we're living in today is different than the now we were living in yesterday or a couple of weeks ago. I mean, everything's changing so fast, and so it's about meeting the moment, whatever that moment is, and then taking some steps to be proactive, to act, and mm-hmm. and kind of seize the opportunity for a better future.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, Amanda, you described yourself as future positive in your introduction, and you know, starting now is. Exactly. A future positive theme. Yeah,
2: thanks. And I'm I'm relentlessly change oriented. Maybe that's why I decided to be a CNS, uh, because I just love change, because I just love the idea that every day that we're alive is an opportunity for a better future. And whether that's about your life or about your nursing practice, I just think it's such a power, powerful message.
0: Yep. Uh, it certainly is. And uh, and actually, I did write that down. Relentless and future oriented. <laughs> It's uh, uh, I don't know if you've seen, the. there is a blog uh, called The Relentless School Nurse, uh, Robin Kogan, who's a school nurse, and she described herself as a, you know, as a relentless school nurse advocating for her students and for school nurses. So uh, uh, you two should meet. <laughs> we
2: should. I didn't know that she had that blog, but I love the title. And I think relentless is like
0: <laughs> such an important
2: word. Um, it
0: is. It's, pers- it's another way of saying persisting. <laughs> it's absolutely. a little bit. Yeah. But, um, yeah, she, uh, she is in and, and full disclosure. Robin is on our, uh, editorial board, AJN's editorial board. Um, she's very active uh, also on Twitter and, uh, was very active in, uh, promoting the, the mom, the bus and, um, uh, the Senator, the nurse senators work, um, on the momnibus bus bill and, and actually participated in a press conference uh, on, on that. So, uh, uh, but that's a that's a, another story for another chat. <laughs> um, I I really so appreciate the both of you um, taking time uh, out of your busy schedules to to chat with us. It's kind of become a, a tradition that um, AGN has always uh, spoken with the incoming and uh, outgoing presidents uh, to just kind of see where critical care nursing has been. As a former critical care nurse and clinical specialist, it's a uh, I guess I went to the first NTI. This is probably the first one I'm going to miss since uh, well, less uh, virtual one I went to. Uh, uh, but the, other than the pandemic, I don't think I've missed one since 1973 Oh, my or whatever the first one was. Yeah. So um, so it's a, a, a congratulations to, to both of you, um, Beth, on your uh, year and, um, Thanks, Sean. and and Amanda on on your um, new year coming up. Uh, it's a great organization, and um, I, I know you, you'll, you'll do as well as all the other presidents. It's always the presidents always had such great support from a great board and staff. So, uh, so thank you again so much, and um, hopefully uh, uh, I can run into one of you at some meeting at, at once things calm down a bit. But uh, best of luck to you this coming year.
1: Thanks for having us, Sean.
2: Yeah, thanks so much, Sean. Really appreciate it.